0: Welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, here with a really good friend of mine, Alexander Gustafsson. Hello, sir. Hey. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so glad you were able
1: to make it. Uh, yeah, thanks. This is uh, really interesting for me because I've never been on a podcast. Never been on a I've podcast. listened to, not not too many, but okay. uh, I mean, I've dabbled and I was even considering maybe starting my own to try and nice. talk to people, but I don't, you know, I, I, it's like in the back of the <laughs> mind, right? Like, it's like, yeah, that'd be nice. One day, one day, But like, you well, know, you,
0: so that's cool that, you know, you reached out. And yeah, of course, of course I wanted you on, um, <laughs> you, uh, you joined good company. Uh, the other day I interviewed my grandparents and they don't even know what a podcast is. So oh, okay, <laughs> well, that's cool. You're I totally I'm sure you learned a lot. Totally fine. Um, So I met you um, at the gym, and I would see you walking on treadmills reading books the size of phone books. And they would be called something like Contemporary Chess Russian Openers Volume 2 or something. Super obscure, 500-page books. And we started talking about chess and what you, you know, do, which is play chess very well. And uh, you obviously do other things, but you're a very good chess player. (laughs) And I would ask you, like, dude, Do you ever, like, just get sick of studying chess? Like, surely you must, like, want to play a game of checkers every now and again. And you said something to me, you go, you know what? I don't even really know how to play checkers. Right. How does a chess master not know how to play checkers?
1: Well, I just never really grew up playing that game. I mean, so. Do you still not know how to play checkers? I... I, I think I have like a general idea of how it's played, but I don't I don't know any strategy. I don't know when the game is officially over. So yeah, I wouldn't claim to know anything.
0: That's about hilarious. It. <laughs> that's, that's just so funny to me. Um, tell me tell me a little bit about uh, you playing chess. When did you first start playing chess?
1: So I my dad is from Sweden, and he, you know, when I was. Five years or younger, you know, and we were living in Salt Lake City. I, I think the first time I I saw a, ch- a chess set was an electronic chess set, actually, hmm. on a computer. My dad was playing on a like a chess program. That I mean, we don't really use. Hmm. I don't use. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, but it's called like chess master. And okay. so I saw that and I just would watch him play, but I wasn't really too interested in it. And so when I got a little bit older, maybe, I think I was less than five at that time. But then when I was maybe like five or six, my dad tried to teach me chess and I had no interest in it whatsoever. Uh, to Much to his chagrin, he wanted me to like really learn. And, and so he, he taught me the basic rules or, to a to a degree not not all of them but you know some of the movements of the pieces and he had to like bribe me because i just didn't want to so he i guess i loved gum and he he said okay if you learn this i will give you some gum and That's hilarious. he said i i slammed my fists on the table and i said i don't want to work for it <laughs> So that was like my, like the beginning, the beginnings of it, but I didn't really touch it again at all until I was probably about 14, 13, 14. Okay. And wow. Late. Yeah. Yeah. Technically that is quite late, actually uh, very late. And so what happened was, is that I was in middle school and I was getting beaten up um, which is a whole story in itself, which we won't go into, but my, my parents decided to put me in Taekwondo so I could learn how, you know, learn how to defend myself and, but also, you know, learn some discipline. And when I was there, uh, I, you know, you spar and you learn things and there was a kid who was a year younger than me and he was a black belt and I was like a wider yellow belt around there, you know, and we were at a belt testing and he he, what you know, you're there all day, and there's all these kids doing these things. And he said, Hey, do you know how to play chess? I said, Yeah, I mean, I know how to play chess, but you know, not. And he said, I'll school you. Interesting. I, will, I will school you, huh? And I'm like, You know, so this is a young, kid younger than me, you know, give me a little bit of grief.
0: I was gonna say, is he he said that in a
1: way that like he's picking on you? No, no, but I mean, like, you know, it's a challenge, okay, you know, it's like a challenge. And so I said, Well, okay, let's play. So he did school me. Uh, he beat me and my dad actually just happened to be there at this time and i this is actually rare because i at that time and even now i don't hang, you know spend much time with him and i said well my dad is really good at chess and my dad is good at chess he's not uh, you know in hindsight he was much much better than me then and he is still a good chess player now mm-hmm. but in compare you know in comparison to a lot of what people can do in chess. It's very, very different. So uh, I said, you can play my dad. And he said, I'll school your dad, (laughs) (laughs) right? And I'm like, okay, (laughs) "Okay." let's see. So my dad won and they said, my dad will school your dad.
0: (laughs) You know, it was was like
1: total, just childish, very childish stuff. And so I went home that night and I said, dad, I will not rest until I beat this kid at chess. And so he kind of like got excited got and his rubbed moment. his hands together. And we, we, you know, he shared me some tips and I think because I was a little bit older, I now understood a bit more of the story. He tried to explain the strategy to me, but you know, when you're five and six and my dad's not like a professional teacher of any sort. So he like, as I'm a little bit more mature, uh, I took that one piece of strategy that he gave me and I started going to my, my now new middle school and I would just, bring a little mini chess set and I would just challenge everybody. Hey, do not play chess. Wow. chess. And so we'd be in class. Like I remember a choir class that I was taking and, and I would just pull it out and I said, do you not play chess? And he'd say, well, and then we like, let's play. And so we'd start playing. And I just started doing that in every class and finding people in my neighborhood. I just got really excited about chess and I Challenged that kid again, and we were still a little bit unfamiliar about the rules. But I, I beat him, and then I we started playing a little bit more regularly, and then he he stopped wanting to play. Um, and then I left the Taekwondo place, and I just got really into chess. And and then now here I am, ten ten years later. It was very not planned. I didn't plan it all. I didn't have much
0: direction in my life. Started with my dad can beat up your dad. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Explain to the listener how good at chess are you? I know you're modest, but. Tell, tell our listeners how good you are.
1: So for somebody to understand, it can be a little bit difficult because you have to have an understanding of some other stuff. But basically, you have what's called an ELO system or rating system. I guess this is used for other games, and, but whatever. So if you're brand spanking new to chess, like you, you just maybe just barely finished learning the rules, y- your ELO would be like 100 Okay. That's the baseline score. Yeah. And so they kind of go by hundreds and that's, you know, that's not, it's not very scientific. They have like this mathematical thing and blah, 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 blah. But you know, you could just safely say you're a brand new player. Gotcha. Okay. So when I was 700, I could beat every kid in my school, everybody, mm. children, adults in my neighborhood, anybody you could I, find. Yeah, I mean just point. like well and I I was competing in tournaments. I mean that's how you you identify where you're at is that you you go and compete in tournaments with people who have other ELOs and and it's like a you know it's like a regional or a, you know average of some sort. You know there's like a culture. So within the culture of Utah, Salt Lake Valley, you know, I eventually got up to 700 and I was, you know, 14 years old or so. And so I could beat some people in chess tournaments and you know, there are people who are better than me. So that's 700. That kind of puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. So my first goal was to get to 1,000. And so then I crossed 1,000. Once you enter 1,000, you're considered to be what's called a club player. Mm. So somebody who's, you know, intermediate, you play, you're, you know, you could go places and, you know, give a good game. So from 1,000 to 1,800, they have these classes. So it's like, 1,000 is E class. And then if you're 1,200, you're D class. And if you're 1,400, you're C class. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the average tournament chess player, okay. So these people who do regularly compete in chess tournaments, they are C players okay, as we would call it. Okay. So between 1,400 and 1,599. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they are good. They are good. Okay. Like if you're 1,200, you're, you're dangerous. Wow. It is, it is tough to beat a 1,200. Okay. Uh, so don't let anybody you know, confuse that. So I got to a class, which is 1800, which very, very few people. I think you're in the top. You're considered like top 6% of chess players if you get to a class. So very, very few people will ever get, they'll play for 20 years. They'll, they'll play for 10 years and they never make it to a class. Mm. So I got, I went from 700 to 1795 in one calendar year. Wow. So, um, that was in 2009 Mm. and so I eventually crossed and reached 2000 and 2000 is you're considered an expert chess Mm. player. Okay. So I became an expert in, in, I don't know, maybe 2011, 2012, probably 2012 and yeah, (laughs) So I've, I'm t- currently my my United States Chess Federation Elo in the standard rating is twenty one thirty eight, Wow. and a national master is 2,200. two, two hundred, and this puts me like I think there's like forty four or sixty six or thirty three thousand people who play in tournaments, and I'm in I'm num- I think I'm like number one thousand and six.
0: Wow! In the in the U S. That's amazing, like that, and so. one of the top. Are you the top in the state of Utah or? Um- Top two, top three, top five. This is a
1: great question. So there's only approximately, I would say, twenty five people or less that actively play chess in Utah tournaments mm-hmm. that are A class and above. Okay. Okay. So, very limited. Wow. Yeah, it's very very small. Um, we, okay. That's a whole other thing. But uh, I'm technically ranked number three. However, uh, so on the official standard, November 2020. I'm ranked number three. There's somebody who's number two right now, and I think I know who it is, but I don't know why they're on the list right now because Mm. they haven't played chess in Utah all year. Oh, interesting. So first of all... And you have? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just The Utah Open was on Halloween. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I competed in that a little bit. I didn't play the whole thing. But yeah, so the person who's ranked number two, they haven't been playing in Utah. They are very good and technically higher rated than me, but they bounce back between... Illinois in Utah. Okay. And like I said, they haven't played at all. So I believe that in terms of playing chess in Utah, I'm actually the number one player who plays actively plays in Utah, but, see. um, there are other people who don't play and haven't played in Utah, You know, local tournaments for years mm. that are around my level, a little bit above, a little bit below. And then we have one grandmaster that's home, homegrown master, mm. um, that, that lives in Utah, and he's significantly much better than me. However, he rarely plays
0: in Utah. I see. Gotcha. So. That's so interesting. What is so special about chess? Why, why, don't, why do we celebrate chess but not... Checkers. Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we talk about who is the, the Racco champion of the world or Connect Four or any other game? What, why is chess so special? I think because there's
1: just a certain layer, layers of complexity... I think that's one it's just it's always been considered to be an intellectual Mm -hmm. sport um even though technically it's like a gambling sport in some ways it's a gambling game um but then also just kind of like it's history it a lot of people a lot of kids they ask me you know who made chess who made chess and it's existed for a really long time the way that we play it today is a it, it, we've been playing it with all the same rules since about 1475. Wow. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah.
0: So it's been around longer than racco.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been a long around <laughs> a really long time. And a lot of famous people, play, Napoleon, we have a recorded game of Napoleon Bonaparte. Really? We, we have a game of his, um, Bill Gates, you know, he played a game with a, you know, it's a casual game, but with the current world chess champion, you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's just always been this game that has been, you know, it's just, carry through time, uh, royalty are really interested in it. So, uh, it's considered like a classy thing. You Interesting. Know, it's, you know, we, we play the piano and we, <laughs> we can shoot pistols and fence, but we can also play a game of chess if you'd like to, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, but then it's also been really popular among the, the lower classes is that, you know, you can call them peasants or lower class or sure. just whatever, whatever you term you want to use. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a fun game. It's mm. a, it's entertainment. It's interesting. It's mysterious. Yeah. And so there's a lot that I think that's what it is about it. And, that's a good answer. and it, it's been played in every like almost every culture. I mean, there's another really famous game called Go. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's it's more complex than chess technically.
0: But again, it just doesn't it just doesn't have the same like aura about interesting. it. Interesting, huh? That's a really good answer. Is there an unlimited number of games that could be played, or is there such a thing as like the perfect game?
1: This is a great question. So, um, there, I just recently, and how true this is, I don't know. I watched a YouTube uh video and it talks a lot about like statistics and it Mm. talks like, what are the chances of winning the money ball lottery? What are the Mm. chances of getting a royal flush? So, like, the chances of playing. 80 perfect moves was like in like top the top 10 rarest things to ever oh. happen you know it was like one to the you know yeah 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 so um, I mean, I guess there is a perfect game, but I think what makes chess really interesting is there is this psychological aspect to it. You don't need to play perfect moves, actually, right. to be a good chess player. You just need to learn how to beat the other guy or girl. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, there's there's so many ways to play chess. That's super interesting. There's so many ways to play chess.
0: Is, is it, a, it it seems to me. So so let me back up. I think this is a little bit more popular now because people are finding the game because of the popular Netflix series that just came out queen's gambit um and you know people have awareness of it but based on just what i've seen there it seems like there's a lot of superstition is there a lot of superstition superstition with chess players so
1: i can't say that i've seen i haven't seen one lick of that tv show (laughs) um everybody's been telling me about it suddenly now yeah, everybody's really right. interested in chess because it's on Netflix, <laughs> yep. and there's some fictional story about this girl. Okay, yep. um, so I mean, I, I don't. Again, I don't know what's in the show, no, so I don't gotcha. know. I don't know what they're portraying. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, and then I, I have my experience, obviously, but chess, chess is, if anything, has nothing to do with with superstition. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's all about hard work and preparation and diligence and dedication. And, um, you know, some people like they, I guess maybe they have like a lucky color underwear that they wear, but like people, you know, they talk about all sorts of stuff, right? Like what kind of food do you eat before a game and after a game, what do you do? You know? So, I mean, like it's a brain game, Mm -hmm. so you should do the things, you know, that will help you take care of yourself so that you'll be sharp and play better. So I, I don't have any like superstitions okay. about it.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Um, they also show a notebook by the chessboard. What are, what are, do you, oh. do you always have a notebook by you? What do you, what do people write down? What do you,
1: another really good question. So the chessboard is an eight by eight checkered board. Okay. And so, uh, when you play professional chess, serious you know, competitive chess, um, you write down the game. You're writing the moves. You're writing the moves. So mm-hmm. I start with this move, and you play this move, and so and you you actually when you finish the game, you sign it. Oh, I see. You sign. You say, ah, this was a draw, this was a win, or I lost. Right, and it's a it's a document.
0: Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> like you, a scorecard for golf or you, something. You both have to sign it. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's what they're doing. Gotcha. So. Interesting. Can you? Okay. So in the show, they also like like the main character um is is hanging out with another chess player and they're in the car and they're playing chess without a board or pieces or anything they're verbally playing chess by calling moves right which is insane to me but can you do that uh, yeah i mean like like if i had a good knowledge of chess and i was close to your level like could i could you sit here and like call a game just just verbally uh
1: yeah i mean i've, I've done it on a number of occasions i mean you know but it takes takes high level concentration. I mean, you have to visualize the board. And I wouldn't say you, you know, I would say the typical chess player wouldn't be able to do it right off the bat. I mean, a lot of players would probably say the moves that they've memorized. Yeah, you know, sure. Because there's there's a lot of memorization in chess. But like to sit and play an entire game, you know, blindfolded or without pieces, you know, it takes intense
0: concentration. So tell me, how, how much work have you done? Like, Tell the listener how much work you've done. I've seen you pour over those books. When you go into the gym and you're walking on the treadmill, I've seen that, but tell me like, tell me really how hard you have worked to be where you are.
1: It's really difficult for me to quantify it because mm, in some ways I think I'm quite lazy. Uh, Hard to believe uh, if you hear that. But um, like, yeah, you have to distinguish between like real study, real hard work, and then like playing you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so there's a lot of people who just play a lot they just play a lot of games online they play a lot of casual games you know with people in person or they just play a lot of chess tournaments and so that in itself you could call like the work and the training and the studying but in my opinion that's not even real that's mm-hmm. like it's like you're trying to run a marathon. You're trying to run a marathon, and, like, you can't just do that. I mean, you could try, but you're going to walk, and you're going to fall, and you might get injured, and, and you're probably going to lose. You, you have, have to some, really train. Like, if you want to play well, you're going to have to train. So I would say, I mean, I, again, I wouldn't be able to quantify it because I have had many days where I've trained. Mm. I've trained, you know, for two hours, three hours, four hours, you know, intensely. Uh, but there's some people who train eight hours a day, like intensely 10 hours a day intensely. Intensely. And and they've been doing that since they're super young. So it's really hard for me to quantify, but I mean, it's safe to say that I've been playing chess, thinking about chess, looking at chess, studying chess almost every day for like 10 years or eight years or something like that. So I I had a, I had a break. I, there was a period of time when I didn't think about chess at all. I didn't Mm. play
0: chess at all. So I think, yeah, it's, you know, Wow. Tons of work, 10 years, essentially. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is super interesting. Let's take a quick break. We have like a record number of listener questions. I'm going to try to get to oh, okay. some yeah. of it. Yeah. Like I mean, we can only
1: cover so much <laughs> exactly. in this period. Exactly. Of time, Let's so. take a quick
0: break and we'll get back. Right, we are back with Alex Gustafson. Um, and like I said, we have a ton of listener questions. So we'll get to a few of these. Um, first of all, Beth had a few questions for you. Okay. Um, she wanted to know, after playing thousands of games, how much does memorization play into the strategy of the game?
1: I would say this is this is just another really good question. <laughs> There's so many good questions. So, um, At first, if you asked me when I was a younger player, I would say that it's really important. Um, now I have so much experience. It's more about thinking critically. So I, I and I think that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. It's always important. It's more important to think critically at the chessboard and to follow principles than to just memorize things. Gotcha. In fact, memorization's horrible.
0: Interesting, gotcha. Have you seen every chess piece interact with every other chess piece in a way that can be manipulated? No that's how many combinations of
1: yeah, different
0: it, moves it's nearly infinite it would be like like shuffling a, a deck of cards is like 10 to the 52nd power yeah com- I mean, like
1: yeah i mean so gary kasparov is one of the greatest chess players of all time debated to be the greatest okay. you know and he i you know he loves chess and there was a, a story that i heard where he i don't know who he was talking to is a really another really strong You know, Super Grandmaster or whatever, and he said, "Let me show you this position that I found, where four knights are better than a queen." Huh? You know, like I've never seen four knights. Right? You know, because you you have two. You have two. Yeah. And so you'd have to promote twice. You'd have to under promote twice to a knight, (laughs) and then the other person would have to have a queen. So I mean, like, you know, there's just like I don't even. I can't even.
0: (laughs) There's not a scenario that exists that that would actually physically happen.
1: Oh, I mean, you know, it, it could. could, it could. It's just very, very rare. Wow. You know, very, rare. So
0: interesting. Um, another question from Bethany besides playing chess, what do you do to train for chess and keep your mind sharp for playing sleep, eat, okay. try to exercise, nice. awesome. try, you know, try to have temperance. That's great. Um, we're going to deep dive into that a little bit later. So that's, that's awesome. Good, uh, <laughs> good tease for that. What is your most memorable game is another question from Bethany.
1: Oh, that's tough. I have a lot of memorable games for a lot of different reasons. So mm, one of my most memorable games was when I was in Saratoga Springs, Wyoming, playing in the U.S. Game in 10 championship (laughs) in 2010. Okay. And (laughs) there was this, grandmaster there just one named Sergei kudrin or kudrin i don't know how to pronounce it okay and we had just played so many rounds and it's the it's the last round and i'm playing against him and i think this is the first time that i had ever played against a grandmaster ever in a, an official game official game okay and it's game intent so this is considered to be like a blitz or a rapid time format okay so it's not the official like standard sure and so i was playing black and he played d4 i played knight f6 c4 g6 knight c3 and then i played d5 and this is called the grunfeld defense okay he plays C takes D5, knight takes D5. Actually, no, no, no. He didn't play that. He played this This line. It was called the the Russian variation. Okay. It's where they play knight of three and queen B3. And it's, it's really interesting. So I, I mixed it up. So we played like 10 moves or so. And then he offered me a draw. Wow. Because it didn't matter to him if he won the game or lost the game or drew the game. He was going to take first place. And he's, like, an older Grandmaster. I think he's been playing for, like, 30 years already, like, competitively. And so <laughs> my first game with the Grandmaster, I got a draw because he offered it. So I just took it. <laughs> and that's I was playing so Black, cool. so, you know, why not? Wow. Uh, you know, so that's, like, really memorable for me. I remember, like, this big smile he had on his face when he offered it. Um,
0: he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. You know,
1: and, and uh, another memorable game. This is not... Um, so pleasant for me i was playing in the us open 2012 uh, this is one of the my best performances ever i score in so this is the us the us open which is different from the us championship by the way so the us open it's an open event 500 600 700 players come in and i i got in the top 50 i got in the top 50 and but one of the games i was playing against what's called a fide master named nick raptis and I also played black in that one. And I also played the Grunfeld in that one. And I felt like I was beating him. I felt like I had the advantage. He was really low on time. We had been playing for five hours. I was, you know, younger, a little, you know, had a little bit more energy he was older. He was, I knew five I had hours. him, I had him on the ropes, you know, and then I just made a horrible, just horrible decisions at some point, And
0: I lost the game. Did you know immediately, like when you made the play, did you, did you see immediately that you'd goofed?
1: Um, no, I don't think in this situation, I think I made like a series of inaccurate moves and then the tide just turned over to him, you know, and I was so mad. Like I just, I, I went, I was staying with a very prominent actually chess player, which whose name I'm not going to mention right now because they are very famous in the chess world. Um, and I was staying with this person at their home at, at their time, their parents' home and just the whole ride back i was just shaking my head and i was just completely silent wow. i was so mad i was so upset because wow. it, i this was really important to me you know 5 sure. 5 hours 5 hours wow. of your life you know yeah. playing against a, a strong i wasn't a master i mean i'm still technically i'm technically not a master according to the united states chess federation even though i believe that i am a chess master mm. you know national master strength okay but yeah i mean that's a really memorable game wow. too
0: interesting it's not often i talk to people and they're telling me things that i have no idea what the hell you're talking about but i'm i'm so captivated like if you could see my mouth behind my pop filter like i'm open mouth i'm like (laughs) (laughs) this is like super exciting um we got some we got some questions from a mutual friend uh Uh, miles yeah Yeah, i hope he's well i haven't (laughs) seen him in a while i Um, And he asked a lot of the same questions that Bethany did. He asked about what you do to stay sharp. We'll get into that a little bit later. Talked about what was your most memorable match. Um, He also wanted to know if you've played overseas and if you have, is there a difference between countries that you play in?
1: Another really good question. So I play with people around the world all the time, every day. So going to a different country is... You know, for me, it's not it's not really different. You know, I, I, I've i played in a number of places in Europe, but one particular place that I've played in and it wasn't in an official competition. It was in England and it was during the 2018 World Chess Championship between Magnus Carlsen and Fabiano Caruana. OK, and they have the actual match, which is in a room. And it's behind like this wall and there's spectators and blah, 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 Mm. And then then in another room, Judith Polgar was there giving commentary. And I saw her and uh, some (laughs) some other people. And so then they have what's called a Skittles room, a Skittles room, which is basically a, a term, which is where you can go play chess. So I had arrived. I had finally found the place. I couldn't find the place. And, you know, there's like 20 chess boards in there and there's people playing speed chess. And so I sat down and there was this guy and I said, Hey, do you want to play a game? And he said, yeah. And I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Germany. He said, Oh, I'm from the U S and we played a speed game and you know, he just played really well. He's, he's an expert like me and, um, I won, you know, but, uh, you know, they all just play really well. There is no, I mean, there are, I mean, if we, you know, so many things to dive into, but, there are particular training methods that particular places and nations use and study you know mm-hmm. like I had a coach who would make fun of like Americans for being just overtly aggressive overt you know focusing heavily on just attacking
0: attacking attacking and mm-hmm. they
1: kind of view it like you know oh you know how how what's the word I want to use I, I I don't know primitive primitive, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're they're very much about what's called the positional play and the strategy. So, uh, yeah. But for me now, after I've been playing chess for so long, it's just every game has all these aspects. Interesting. And I wouldn't be able to identify if somebody, like, oh, this is a German player. You know, I can tell that this is a German
0: player. You know. Yeah, I see. You kind of answered one of the questions that Miles also had, which was, is, is there room for emotion in chess or is it just purely intellectual? And it sounds like there's a lot of room for emotion. You could be... A, aggressive (laughs) defensive you can be pissed off you can be calm yeah yeah i mean typically
1: from my in my experience chess players you know this is a generalization in in most cases they're very they're fairly calm they're very fairly calm usually a little bit introverted i'm the total opposite i'm very loud i'm Fun, not say say that they're not fun, but you know, I like talking and, and, you know, I'm excited. And, and, and when I play chess, I, I, I can be very emotional. I'm very Mm. emotional about losses and very emotional about the game. And this is actually sort of a negative thing. I sort of envy the players that are just these cold ice water calculating Mm. stones and computers. But you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's important to have some emotional. Sure you know, interesting in motion in the game.
0: Interesting. Uh, last one for miles. He wanted to know how big of an influence music made in your life and does it affect your playing chess at all? Is that, are, are those two things related for you? Music plays an enormous
1: influence in my life. Um, I could do, a, I could, I could talk to you for a whole hour about music and what it, you know, all but we won't, um, I do listen to music when I play chess, like at home or, you know, online or something like that. Um, It's not critical to my game. You know, you're, you're actually not allowed to listen to music while you play in tournaments. You're not allowed to play any electronics. So, but I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll turn on, I'll just go through different genres and depending on how I'm feeling, you know, sometimes I'm feeling more classical music or jazz or others. I'm thinking rap, hip hop and rock, you know,
0: or just silence. Huh? Interesting. Um, <clears throat> so we got another question, um, and it's about somebody you already mentioned one of the Polgar sisters mm-hmm. and I, I'm not familiar with this. I learned about this like an hour ago, a former guest, a good friend of mine, Scott, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> asked him if he would have any questions for you and, and he brought this up and I think this is really interesting and it, I guess there's a massive debate in development psychology about how early and, and the benefit of specialization, um, versus, a generalist who can specialize in things later down the road. I'm, I'm not as familiar with that concept, but I, I would like to know what you know about it.
1: Okay. About that idea of specialization mm-hmm. and when to teach. Uh, so concerning that, I would say it's always going to be helpful or beneficial to teach or introduce something as, as early as possible to somebody, just so you can get those, those neurons, you know, and of course I'm not a scientist or anything like that, or I don't know anything about that sort of stuff almost. But, you know, I would I would say, yeah, if you show them the pieces at three or four or five and, you know, that's going to build some pathways. And then if they train, that's going to strengthen those pathways. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that that's great. I mean, I but I think what's almost more important than just the pure training is making sure that they enjoy it.
0: Mm. It sounds like these <laughs> these sisters, they're Hungarian, I believe, and they were right. forced at a young age is forced the right word to, to play and they became chess masters. Is that do I have that right? Again, I'm not familiar. Well, the
1: the story goes and of course, you know, maybe there's different accounts, but from what I gather, Laszlo Polgar, the father, was a scientist of, you know, I think I think he was a you know chemist maybe or something like mm-hmm. that. And he wanted to do us an experiment. And the experiment or the question, right, was Are geniuses made or are they born? essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, he grabbed his three daughters, uh, Susuza, Judith and uh, um, Sophia, Sophia, maybe, I don't know. And he said, do you want to be a mathematician or a chess player? You just, you just got to pick one. And at a pretty young age, and I guess they all picked chess Wow! <laughs> and they just trained, 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 trained. And Judith ended up being the, the, the more talented of the three, uh, the, all three of them became grandmasters. As far as I recall, I'm not, I don't really know too much about Sophia, Sophia, mm. but, um, they both ended up, they all ended up becoming grandmasters, I think. And, you know, he proved that it's just about work. Sure. <laughs> training. But it
0: also sounds like, I mean, if, if you were to argue, they all grew up playing, but one was more talented than the others. There's got to be a little bit of both to it, right? Like, don't you think there's right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people that are going to have talent, right? But at the end of the day, like all three of them became like essentially very, 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 you know, like a grandmaster is maybe the equivalent of a PhD. Right, uh-huh. you can you can kind of think of it like that. So, and I've met PhDs, and and they say, yeah, like I'm not really that smart. I just work really hard. You know, I just do this. You know, mm. just I just finish things. Right. So, I mean, all three of them became grandmasters, but it was only Judith who shor- who showed for whatever reason. Right, we don't know exactly. Had an ex- an extraordinary ability. Wow, interesting.
0: Now, you also teach chess. Do you teach? across all different levels around the world what do, what does that look like so uh, i'm i mean i'm
1: a chess expert uh, officially you know by definition and so I, I can help pretty much anybody who's you know below that now as they get stronger you know like a players like i can i can analyze their games and i can show them where to, you know to improve and i can give them my thoughts and my process etc um, and I can do that with other experts too. You know, we, we can sit down and analyze and stuff like that. But I, I mainly work with people who are, who don't know anything about chess. Oh, nothing, wow. They're you know? Just getting started. Well, uh, I enjoy doing that. Like mm. the, the guy who is a grandmaster here in Utah, he's a grandmaster. And so like, I could learn a whole bunch from him. He and I, we could train and train and train and he could show me things and, and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and, but he could also teach a child, but you have to understand for somebody who's been playing chess since they were four years old and like have been playing tournaments their whole life and just have such a deep understanding of chess. A lot of them are really not interested in it's boring to them. They, they don't want mm. to, they don't want to work with kids that are brand new or, or adults who are brand new. So I work with kids and adults and teenage, you know, teenagers, all, all ages. Basically, if anybody wants to learn how to play chess, I will not, I'll, I'll teach you the rules. And if you, you know, like the rules then, and you want to train and you want to compete or, you, you know, whatever you want to do, like I will work with you, but you, you know, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah, sure. Of course. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like for a grandmaster, they, they might, they're like, yeah, sure. I'll teach like this kid who doesn't know anything about chess, but like, it's going to be expensive. You know, mm. it could be a hundred bucks an hour, 120 bucks an hour, 150 sure. bucks an hour. And they're, you know, and you don't even actually even know how well they can do it. See, that's the thing. You can be really, really good at something. That doesn't mean you're a good teacher. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, you can't get into the mind of a beginner. That's right. Or maybe you just don't have that enthusiasm or just ability to teach. Like I said, a lot of these people, like they're just, some of them are just highly introverted and it's, they don't usually want to teach a six year old who's like, you know, uh, you know how to play chess. They don't might not have the temperament for that. Sure. But I do, I love working with teaching children, um, adults. So cool. What a gift. It's very fun. I'm, I, I might be better at teaching chess than I am actually playing. Wow. I am.
0: I am good at playing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, is that where you would recommend people to start? Like, I mean, it sounds like it's so accessible, you know, whether you're a child, an adult, you can learn, you can get better. It sounds like a lot of hard work and nothing replaces that work and study and playing and learning. Would you recommend that people start by hiring a coach? Well, I guess it depends on your goals and, and what kind of training you want. I mean,
1: you could just go buy a chess set from, I don't even know, like just some, I think you can go to like Smith's or Harman's. I have no affiliation. Um, <laughs> and you can go to your know, Walmart and you can buy like a $5 plastic set. And I think it has some instructions there and you can, you could read over them and you know, but the, you, you know, you or I could explain it to somebody in 10 minutes. Like, Oh, the King moves like this. The Queen moves like this. This is the goal of the game. You know what I'm saying? But there's a difference between just like hearing the rules and then like really learning and really understanding it. Like think of it like math. You know, I, I do a lot of comparisons with teaching chess to teaching math because I meet people all the time who say, Oh, I can't do math. Oh, I can't do chess. Oh, they're too hard. They're too complex. It's like, no, no, you just have never really met anybody who, who really knows how to teach math who really knows how to teach chess. And so one of the big complaints that I hear about teachers that are like in middle school is that by the time they get the kids in middle school, they still, the kids still don't know how to do fractions. Mm. They don't understand fractions. So if you don't know arithmetic, you're going to have a very difficult time in algebra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So when you're learning the foundations of chess, it's really important that you have a clear understanding of, of those simple foundational ideas. Pawn promotion. Why do we do pawn promotion? Well, you just get the pawn to the end of the board and it becomes a queen. No, no. This is very important. You're going to win most games through pawn promotion. So you have to understand the timing of it. You have to understand that foundational idea. And you have to you know have see some examples, starting with simple, easy, and then you go on to more complex Bad problems. Complexity. And then... Then they really understand chess. Mm. I mean, there's there's a lot of people who, who like you know they're like oh I teach at this elementary or this no and I'm I'm a I'm the chess club teacher. And it's like this person first of all barely knows how to play. I'm sure wow. barely knows how to play, and then they don't even know how to teach it how to, to, to teach. other kids. Wow. And so yeah, I mean, wow. I I really if you really want to learn, proper, I would say get somebody who's who's you know don't just get a grandmaster because they're a grandmaster. Sure. I mean that's gonna but you know, find somebody who who has experience teaching chess. I mean, I'm I'm the only person in Utah besides the grandmaster. But I would I have more teaching experience than the grandmaster. Wow. actually. actually, so cool. He's mainly a player, and I'm a player too. I'd like to play. I want to crush it. I want to you know sure. beat everybody. But sure. I since I've been teaching chess since I was 17 years old. So cool. And at first, I didn't know how to do it at all, and I didn't go to school for it, and nobody showed me how to do it. And so after 10 years, I've been teaching. I'm 26. I'm almost, so I've almost been teaching chess exclusively as my sole it you know occupation sole source of income wow for, for almost 10 years so Amazing. You, you should try and find somebody like that cool if you really want to learn if i mean you, learn. you can just go ahead and get like i said you can go read the instructions or you can get an app or whatever but the in-person you know lessons developing a relationship
0: you get a friend that's awesome kind of well, a long answer that's no that's great let's take a quick break and uh, wrap this thing up Okay. I would put myself in the category that you just described. Like, I know the rules, I know how the pieces move, I don't know the intricacies of the game. And one day you were in the gym and you said, Hey, let's play speed chess. I'm setting up in the in the little area we had. And you told me that I could take as much time as I wanted to move wherever I wanted, and that you would limit yourself to 30 total seconds to beat me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's not very much time. This is the time it takes to for me to stop my move. You physically make your move, decide where it's going to go, physically pick up the piece, put it where it goes, and then tap the clock. Mm-hmm. It took you less than three seconds, clock time, to beat me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is insane. Well, it's it's really not. I mean, it, 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 to to the to the, to the to the to the to the amateur, to the novice, to the beginner, it, it appears to be you know wild, right? It's crazy, but you know, for us people who've just studied it so much. I mean, it is possible to win very quickly if your opponent doesn't know what they're doing, right? So uh, the the, the beginning of the game is extremely complex and a huge roadblock that many beginner novice amateurs face is that they don't understand the coordination of the pieces. They don't know how to attack really. So all I did was just a very simple you know, using my queen with another piece and
0: just checkmating your king. You know? so <laughs> you did it very quickly. Well, yeah. You, you, um, you mentioned earlier the physical, you know, keeping up on your physical fitness, eating well, sleep. You mentioned what, how, how important are those lifestyle factors for you? So I would say the most important
1: thing, you know, again, I'm not an expert when it comes to health or any of that sort of stuff. But I mean, for sure, sleep. Sleep is probably number one mm. um, because you just need it. Yeah, I mean, you could go days without eating, sure, you know, and you wouldn't die. You yeah. probably wouldn't feel great. You probably wouldn't be able to do a lot. But like, if you go even just one or two nights, I mean, even one night it severely affects your yeah, cognition. It, it just yeah, so you got to get sleep mm. and. Exercise is super important too. just any, any form. So, I mean, I, I try to do it. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's one particular way, but you know, get some aerobic exercises. You need some blood flow. You need to oxygenate sure. some oxygenation, get some oxygen in that brain. You know, that's are all that stuff is going to be happening. So I think a lot of people, their cognitive performance would improve in many, many areas if they just did those two things. Wow. I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think it matters what you eat too much you know but i mean for some people like they have to avoid certain things or else they'll die or it's really damaging to them for whatever reasons but like you know sleep and
0: exercise that's the key try and drink some water Water, water 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 there you go um how much sleep do you get a night or do you try to get it varies um but i
1: i mean i'm just trying to i just try i try to get enough sleep so that when i wake up in the morning i don't Feel like I need to go back to bed. Gotcha. Good goal. <laughs> so,
0: so sometimes it, you know, it varies. You know, mm. are there any practices that you imply to get better sleep, or do you use blue light blocking glasses late at night, or this turn a, electronics off? This is a good question. The thing that h- helps me a lot is I have
1: blacked out my windows. Yeah, huge. So huge. Um, I I don't think really anything else has helped cool. helped me. I mean, I would say avoid avoid caffeine and alcohol and um you know any other sort of like substance yeah. substances because i guess they interfere yeah you know right. with your sleep and you might feel normal the next day but if you do that for a number of
0: days it's going to be quite Not detrimental great. yeah for sure so, well i know chess isn't the only thing you have going on you also can speak a few languages uh i mean i'm i'm interested in
1: languages i mean but i i i I don't claim to be. I mean, I speak English, but barely.
0: I <laughs> sound almost fluent. Pretty good. <laughs> it's actually.
1: I'm. I'm super fascinated with English or with language just as a whole because language is so fluid. Communication is really difficult, and so, especially for kind of like modern times, I think there should be a huge emphasis on that because we have to know what what each other what we're talking about. Mm. You know, if I said the word you know, um, red, right. Okay. We got to make sure we both have a good understanding of what that is. I know that seems like a really simple thing, but that is a simple thing. Red is the color. Red is a, is a simple thing. So then if you take something more complex, right, what is law and what is truth and what is justice, right? All these words, we have to make sure that we're on the same page. Uh, and I think frequently we're not. So yeah, I mean, I, I speak a little Swedish. I speak a little bit of Russian. I speak a little Bulgarian. I speak a little Spanish. You know, I just I know a little bit in a whole bunch of languages. Awesome. Some are more interesting to me. I know some words in Arabic. Wow, cool. So it's really nice because when you meet people, you know, as a chess player, it's a it's a universal language. Sure. So I'll go places and I'll 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 hear I'll be at a coffee shop and I I'm sitting and I'm studying chess and I hear some people talking and I'm like oh that sounds like. Oh, that's, that's Portuguese. That's awesome. You know, that's Portuguese. Or I was actually at a coffee shop uh, just last weekend and I was doing some chess and there was just a man and a woman and they were talking. I was like, Oh, that's, that's French. Mm. And I stopped them for a second. I said, Hey, you're speaking French. And they said, yeah. And I said, did you know that one of the greatest chess players of all time is from France? (laughs) like, who? I didn't know. I said, yeah, it's Francois Andre Donakin Philidor. <laughs> like, oh, and then I told started telling him all these facts and then, and then he taught Deschappé and then Déchappé taught Bourdonnais, and then La uh, uh, taught Saint Amant, you know, it's like there's this <laughs> whole history, awesome. right? So that's why I'm interested in it. Yeah. It's
0: very, very cool. Yeah. What else do you have going on these days? What are you passionate about? I mean,
1: I'm really passionate about people. I think people are really important and I think it's really easy to forget that. Um, I think a lot of people forget their own worth, their own value, and they're just bumbling along and they come from, a lot of people come from really difficult backgrounds. Um, So it's, and then it's important to remember where you come from, your parents, you know, your family, some people have different backgrounds there. And, and so I've been thinking a lot about that. And so when I go out places and I'm, you know, playing chess at a coffee shop or somewhere at a restaurant, you know, I, I try to take some extra time and be aware of, you know, what's around me, who's around me. You know, I, I don't have any social media. I got rid of all my social media. I have YouTube, I guess that's the closest thing. And, uh, but like, I feel like we're so like we're communicating and interacting with each other so much through digital means I wanna interact with people in person. You know, I want to have conversations with people about things and Mm. learn about them and learn about what they think and maybe learn, you know, teach them something, but also learn from them. them. So that that's something that I'm
0: really, really fascinated with love that has has this year 2020 of, of more isolation helped enhance that a little bit more, helped you realize how important that really is. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I think before that it was really important to me. Cool. So,
1: but I, yeah, I've spent a lot of time going out actually. Mm. So, I, when I almost every interaction I have with somebody, whether they're you know, white, black, blue, red, yellow, orange, you know, or if they're this religion or that religion or this political affiliation, affiliation or not, you know, I try to tell them, Hey, you know, regardless of all that sort of stuff, you know, you're really important. I'm happy that that. I saw you and have a good day and hang in there. You know Mm, I'm saying? I'm saying that to a lot of people, hang
0: in there. That's awesome. (laughs) We need that right now. That's really important. I really love that.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what's, you know,
0: awesome What's going on. I love it. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. You are about to get your final grilling the last few questions Okay, uh, good. Questions that Bethany and I ask each other. Okay. Um, at the end of every week the first question is what is one thing that you have learned or changed your mind about this week? Something that I have learned or
1: changed my mind about this week. So I've learned that <laughs> I learned today actually, um, that so $2 bills are pretty rare, uh-huh. but on the $2 bills, um, at least maybe it's the same with the others, but they actually have a seal that says specifically where they were made. Oh. So there's different, different, um, banks produce different
0: dollar bills. So that's something trivial. Oh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> what is one thing this week that you wish you had done better? Taking care of my body more. Mm. I hear that one a lot. <laughs> What is one thing in this last week that you are very proud of? I would say I'm
1: proud that I'm a teacher. You know, I, I I feel like I do a good job. I feel
0: like I put a lot of effort into it. So I can say that I'm proud of that. I love that. That's great. This has been an awesome conversation, Alex. I, I really value our friendship. I value your time. I'm really grateful you came over here to talk to me and talk to our listeners. What's one thing you would like to leave with people? Honestly,
1: I would say if you ever if you even believe in the concept of prayer whatsoever, I would say to pray not only for the people that you love and care about, but to also pray for for people that you've wronged, for people that have wronged you uh, and just for everybody, even if they're, diff you know, they oppose you in some way. Well, wow.
0: that's I think that's wonderful. Alex, how can people get a hold of you? So,
1: well, they can contact you and then they can contact me. You know, we can get in contact, but I have an email. It's Alexander, normal spelling, P-R-O-F, like for professional, and then work at gmail.com.
0: So awesome. Alexander prof work at gmail.com. Great. I'll we'll make sure we link that in the show notes. Sure. Alex, thank you again so much for your time. Thanks. Uh, this has such been a, really fun. It's, it's, it's fun. Your presence—I I can see how excited you are, how how kind you are, and it, it's been—it's been great. Oh, well, really thank you. Enjoyed thank the you. time and really appreciate you coming over. Thank you. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio.